This is one of those favorite passages where you, uh, in Ephesians, where you feel as if by the end of it, uh, you know, how can I do all of that, right? How can I possibly do all of that? Well, we're going to try to delve into that a little bit, but um, I'm going to ask you to uh, spend a little time in the pairing and sharing time um, with a little bit of conversation, and then hopefully I'm going to pull some of that together for us and give us something good and positive uh, and encouraging to, to work towards as we leave here today. Um, so what you see on the screen up here is just a little help because it's basically my summary of uh, the kinds of things for good behavior that Paul is talking about to the church in Ephesus. And remember, we just had the reading about, um, uh, you know, we are one body in Christ. We are one spirit, one God, Father of us all. We are, we are in unity, right? And we often don't feel in unity. And this is a follow-on that's getting into the down and dirty, you might say, of what it means for us to work towards living in that, uh, that unity we have in God and in God's love. Um, so, you have a couple options as you discuss uh, uh, these questions that are listed in your bulletin. You can pull up uh, in the Pew Bible to page 183 and actually look at the reading that you need to read again as you have conversation. Or you can work off of the key phrases up here. Um, and as you do that, what I'm hoping you'll do is um, identify what behavior or attitude that's in this reading is most important to be modeled in the culture that we live in today. Right? So what behavior or attitude, if you see it up there or if you pull out the reading, because I don't think I got everything. I'm sure there's more in there. Um, what behavior or attitude in this sacred text is most important to model in our culture today? Um, a second possible question, as I've said, whenever I get two questions, I don't recommend you do both. You just pick up, pick the one you want. Um, is what behavior or attitude would you like to understand and apply more in your own life? What behavior or attitude would you like to understand more about and apply more in your own particular life? All right. So. I invite you for a few minutes to, uh, to pair up uh, and have a little of that conversation, always remembering that, uh, you know, this, this is meant as an opportunity for us to connect with one another, share with one another, sometimes learn from one another, support one another, encourage one another. But we're not always going to want to feel like doing that every time. And if you're, one, if you're in one of those times right now where you don't really feel like saying a lot, just... Tell who you pair up with, I got some good ears today and I'd rather do more of the listening. So we need that as well. So, um, so pair up, take, take a few minutes together. Thanks. I invite you to wrap up whatever brilliant thought you have. All right. Um, is this list of things kind of overwhelming? Yeah. Um, I'm going to touch on each of them and just say 
a little bit about them. And did it? It didn't. So let me know if it goes away, okay? Because this experiment with Chromecast, like, the picture keeps disappearing, and I don't know why, but whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, so, did anyone have a, an obvious answer to the, the, the ones on this, anything on this list or in the scripture that our culture most needs to address or work on or get better at? Kindness? Kindness, yep. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. So 
Um, you know, I think that that's why for me, maybe the, one of the most important ones, did it go away again? Okay, we'll get it back in a second. Um, yeah, I know, there's nice pictures that keep coming up. Did it come back? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, lot to learn. Uh, for me, the one that I think we still, that I know I think I see in so many communities and I struggle with, is members of one another. You know? Do you think of yourselves as members of one another in this church? And what does that exactly mean? That to me means that I cannot succeed without all of you. And that means I can't succeed not just without without all of you sitting here, but without something that each of you has to contribute to my life, to me getting better at some of these things, um, to our culture, to our community, that I, I cannot succeed without understanding at a deep level that we are members of one another and that there's no way that I am going to succeed alone and therefore I know that you can't succeed alone and therefore I know I have to be there for you as well. Members of one another. And I think that is a big struggle in our lives because we get so caught up with being busy with the agendas of ourselves, of our families, and we kind of accept this idea, but we don't have time for it. You know? It takes time. It takes energy. If I embrace all of you and I'm trying to figure out how all of you um, help me, I don't have the time for that. You know? So, it's a challenge to figure out how to work on that, but it begins with really in our bones understanding that as an individual I am an individual only in the connection that I have to all of creation to all of you we are members one to another Um, because I think this goes beyond uh, even humanity I think it goes to everything in creation understanding the interaction and the connection we have with everything in this created world um, meant to work together for good. Um, so I start there. Um, I would say that in our culture right now, I think we have a particular problem with the very first one there, no falsehoods. Um, I'm becoming more and more convinced um, that, and I've done some reading in this area, which is helping me sort it out a little bit, that... Um, we, we, in what, you know, you've heard me preach about it recently, but that um, uh, sometimes we've lost track of what's really true from what's really false. Um, and uh, sometimes uh, we're just, we're just not learning and applying the tools because we live in a time right now where so much is being created for us and it's mixing real facts with impressions and images and prejudices and all kinds of things. And it's going to take a lot of work on our part if we're not going to participate with some of the falsehoods that are projected out there around us, in our culture, in our world. And I think that's becoming a harder thing 
It's something we need to spend more time uh, figuring out how to get through. Um, Keith, you wanted to hear about anger without sin. Um, you know, the first important thing to understand about that is that means that anger itself is not sin. Um, it, it's, it's a natural thing to be angry. How can anyone... I mean, I'm sharing my pairing and sharing time about, uh, you know, abusing kids. That makes me very angry. Okay? I don't think it's wrong to be angry about that. I think anger without sin means how, what do I do about it? You know? Um, so, I can be angry, for example, about violence um, and too many guns or something like that. But if my answer is to go out and shoot the people who are violent, you know, just because I'm angry about it, um, that's not the answer. And I'm not here to say solutions, but I, want to, I think, you know, to answer Keith, the thing to really say is, don't stop with being angry. Don't think, you know, as a Christian or a follower of Jesus, that being angry is the problem. Being angry isn't the problem. Once you're angry, the question is, what am I angry about and why? Um, and being members one with another, we can talk with each other and say, am I out of whack here being angry about whatever it might be? And in some cases, someone else can say, yeah, I think some, something got you on that, and I think you know, you're going a little overboard or whatever. But another time, someone will say, no, we should be angry about that. Okay, now once it's an appropriate thing to be angry about because it's truly an injustice or an evil or whatever that we're angry about. Now the question is, how with this kind of good behavior, how do we address this? What do we do about it? So the anger without sin is, is saying, it's actually a confirmation that there is appropriate anger, but you need to take a breath. We need to figure out together what steps can we take against the very thing that makes us angry? What can we actually do in a positive way? That we're not contributing to the problem um, by our own bad behavior. Um, and there's no simple answer to that because it's going to be contextual to the situation, but it's also going to be contextual to who you are as a person um, and who we are together. Um, I think they talked about the Paul talked about the devil in here, and I kind of wrote it out as make no room for your demons. Um, I don't know about you, but as I've tried to mature in my journey with Christ, um, I have learned that there's little, you know, I mean, it's the way I image it, right? There's like little demons inside of me. It's like, how did that happen again? How did that get me again? Turning me in the very direction that I didn't want to go. Um, and I think we all have that. And what I would say on that is that um, it very much relates to um, the one on the second column in yellow, don't go against the Spirit of God within you. Right? We're in the United Church of Christ where we are working really hard to uh, say no matter who you are or where you are in life's journey, you're welcome here. No matter who you are as a person, we're not going to say... You know, you're supposed to be this kind of person. Why are you this? 
we believe that in your truest identity as a person, that that was created by God out of God's love. And that is to be affirmed. And now the question is, how do we help you to be that and flower totally into that? And I think that what these demons that are inside of us are when we uh, are the part that's calling us away from who we really are. And if we're willing to do the work to figure out who we really are, and I think in small ways the pairing and sharing time might help us delve into understandings of ourselves a little bit better. Sometimes we need to go to therapy for it. Sometimes doing a lot of reading and reflecting and journaling is helpful. Um, sometimes a related thing to therapy but not the same, a spiritual guide and direction to help us get centered on who we are and, and where God is and how God is calling us. Um, but what are we doing in our lives? to understand the core identity of how we are creating the image and likeness of God and how that spirit of God's love is within us and flowing through us. It's not just going to happen. It's not going to happen from coming into church and saying, I know God loves me. Um, it's only going to happen through doing a lot of self-conscious work with the help of the resources that are in the community. And in doing that, the stronger we become in understanding who we are and letting that really flower, um, the more we'll have the tools as well to combat the demons within us or the evil forces that seem to be out there attacking so many things in our world. Um, after a while, you begin to see as you talk through these how they, uh, as they all link together. Um, so, be kind to one another and tenderhearted. So to me, that's like one of those alarm bell ones, because I like I like to be kind to people. But in a moment when I think I'm just about to be kind, and then I snap at somebody, I know you never see me do that, but um, uh, then immediately I should be able to stop and say, "What just happened there? What just happened? Why was I? Why did not kindness and tenderheartedness flow out of me?" What is going on inside of me? Maybe it's related to my history with the other person. And they like push that button, you know? And I just like that. It's amazing how we do it in the smallest and smallest of things, but when we snap like that, it all takes its toll. It all hurts who we are and who we are together. so I see that one as one of those alarm bell things that we can catch on the little things and pay attention to it. Forgiving one another. You know, so much has been said, written, studied about forgiveness, and we don't have time. I'm not going to do an entire sermon on forgiveness right now. But the process, part of being a follower of Jesus, is to commit ourselves to a process of reconciliation. And what happens, it happens in churches, it happens in groups, it happens in families, is that when there's something that really hurts between people, it's all too rare for the parties to commit themselves to how do we get through this so we can come back together. So not that we agree, but so that we can once again understand and appreciate each other. What do we tend to do when that happens? I know you see it in group dynamics all the time. 
we tend to push that one aside and go over here and group with somebody else, you know. And so pay attention to what you do with the relationships, uh, uh, whether it's in this church or whether it's in your family or some community organizations you're part of. Um, you know, it is not easy to forgive one another, but it starts with awareness. Who do I need to forgive? Who would I hope could forgive me? Um, and what am I doing? Am I building up little walls because it's too risky to step up and lean back into a relationship where forgiveness is needed in one way or another? Now, the last two are just like, you know, biggies, because imitate God. Well, if you're doing all of these other things, you're going to be imitating God, and you're also going to be living in love. But underneath all of this, the living in love, the first step of it, you've heard me talk about it before, is do you believe that you have to earn the right to be loved? Do you believe you're worthy of full and complete love, or do you think you need to earn it? The God that I follow He's trying to help me understand that I am unconditionally loved and there's nothing I can do to earn it or to lose that love. That doesn't mean I don't do some things that cause God to get angry. Remember, you can be angry without sin. Um, but it's not about love. Right? And so many of these things would be so much easier to work through we're spending so much of our internal energy with our own sense of worth and not feeling worthy. And that holds us back. Holds us back a lot. So there's not a simple answer to that other than, you know, pray every day. God, help me to receive your unconditional love that I don't go every day out this door trying to earn it, trying to feel like I'm worthy when you have already said I am worthy so we can work on a lot of things as a church um, but you know maybe because I'm starting to get older now I don't know uh, I just and I'm going to come back to this more and more I just believe working on the little things on each area that we're dealing with here Working on the little things is what's going to not only transform our lives, not only transform this church, but it's going to transform the world. When we go into crazy times like we seem to be living in in our culture and our world right now, um, we're not able to respond to it because we don't have enough resources of, of knowing we're unconditionally loved by God and of having learn and practice the good behaviors of what it means to live in that love. Sometimes people will say, I've gotten too old to contribute anything more to this church or this organization. And I would say everything on this list is something we can work on no matter what age we are. I'm about to turn 63, but we could, you could be 99. And you could still learn not to tell any falsehoods. You can still learn what it means to be members of one another. 
You can still learn to have anger without sin. You can still learn and model, making no room for the demons in your life. You can still learn to have only talk and communication that builds others up. You can still learn to work with and not against that spirit of God that is within you at your very creation. You can still learn to be kind and tender-hearted until you hold your last breath. You can still learn to reach out in forgiveness, to receive forgiveness, to be part of the process of offering forgiveness. You can still learn to live in God's love and be an imitator of God in all the little things, every moment of every day, until we take our last breath. May we in this church strengthen ourselves in being examples of good behavior that flows from living in the love of God.